We could survive that. We could survive that. We could survive. Hello and welcome to We Could Survive That, your survival guide to the movies. I'm Jack, and today I'm joined by a man who could have been a cowboy, but he doesn't have the moves. It's Chris. What? You get it, cow? Moo? Moves. When you think of a cowboy, you don't associate cows normally. You associate horses, the West. If you associate cows, you're working on a ranch. Yeah, well, that's what a cowboy is. Wait, ranches have horses, though. Cow and cows. Oh, they just... A cattle ranch. Oh, yeah, cattle ranch. I based this whole episode around that one joke and you didn't get it or approve of it. Or even boo me. So do cowboys work on ranches and cattle ranches? Yes. And the outlaw ones are called outlaws slash gunslingers? Yes. Right. There are still actual cowboys today in the West. Do you mean ranch workers? Yes, but they probably prefer cowboys. But they're not cowboys. They don't live in the Wild West, do they? In the late 1800s. No, they don't. Can't be a cowboy in 2018. You You can can be a ranch worker. But it's more like a job title. Really? Yeah, you apply for... What's the job position called? Cowboy. Yeah. I mean, they're a sandwich scientist. But all they do is make me meatball subs. That's (laughs) an important thing. I thought they were sandwich artists. I don't know. I don't care. This has gone way off topic already. No, no, no. We're staying on this. (laughs) All I wanted to do was make a pun, and you've ruined it. You've ruined the pun. What are we talking about today, Chris? A Clint Eastwood film. Is it Clint Eastwood? It's not John Wayne. No, it's not John Wayne. Not John Wayne. It's the other famous cowboy. Yeah, which one's the most iconic cowboy? Clint, I guess. He's the one I always think of when you go cowboy films. Do either of them work on ranches or cattle ranches? They maybe own ranches. But they're not cowboys then, are they? No, they're actors, Chris, in films. Either in the films, they're not cowboys. No, they're just people that shoot people. Right, okay. They're what we call murderers. Murderers. (laughs) Which uh, we'll, we'll get around to. So, yes, Clint Eastwood stars in his first leading role, A Fistful of Dollars which came out in 1964. Uh, it's a spaghetti western, the first spaghetti western to get a national, an international release. What does that mean, a spaghetti, spaghetti western? western? I'm glad you asked, Chris, because I actually Googled it. A spaghetti western is a cheap western film directed by, shockingly, an Italian. Uh, <laughs> is that the criteria for a spaghetti western? It has to be cheap and a director has to be Italian. What? <laughs> It's it's uh back in back in the sixties, Chris. Westerns were quite formula formulaic and, and generic and uh different countries invested into the movie industry to make their own products and stuff and spaghetti westerns were one of they were like the comic book boom of the sixties period. You couldn't go to the cinema without there being a western of some sort being uh advertised or shown. So, <laughs> okay. So they 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 were the MCU of their time. The MCU of yeah. their time. Yes. The most financially <laughs> successful franchise for ever. A, for a time, A Fistful of Dollars was the most successful Italian film ever made. How is it an Italian film? It's an, no. it's, it's, it's it's an, an Italian Ita- director. It's set in America. It's, it's an Italian right. <laughs> it's set in America, but it was predominantly. Um, a European production so Italian director most of the crew were Spanish, German and Italian. It was filmed in Spain <laughs> because it was cheap. Doesn't make it an Italian film then does it? 
directed. It's a by, Spanish I, film of anything. Yeah, I think it was funded by the Italians, and the directing style and, and stuff was. What about the sequel? Italian. For a few dollars more, it was made or it came out the year after, so they were shot pretty much back to back. The whole trilogy, because uh, a fistful of dollars is part of the the dollars trilogy, which is made up of uh, a fistful of dollars for a few dollars more and the good, the bad, and the ugly. They're also called the Man with No Name trilogy because of Clint Eastwood's character, but they they just really like rolled these films out okay. uh, pretty pretty quickly, one after the other. Having said that, though, you'd think that a film made cheaply by a cast, by a crew that didn't speak the same language, you'd think it'd be a mess. But actually, it's quite fun. Did you get a chance to watch this? No. No? Okay. Uh, Well, if you'd had watched it, you'd have noticed something, Chris. What's that? This film is horribly dubbed. (laughs) Really? Yeah. So they were filming uh, without sound. I don't know whether that was because uh, it would just make it easier for the dubbing later on, but it's all it's well, all, all the sounds are dubbed. Everything's dubbed. So Clint oh, Eastwood dear. is dubbed as it's Clint Eastwood reading his lines. Yeah, everything's a little slightly out of sync. Uh, none of the words actually quite match up with the mouth movement. But you know what? This is a pretty fun film. Are you sure that your Netflix just wasn't streaming wrong? No, it is, it's definitely. Because you can see they're saying one thing, but their mouth is making a completely different movement. Right, okay. And it's, and it's out of time, and people are speaking when their mouths aren't moving. So <laughs> this is quite a fun film, uh, as it goes. The plot, essentially, Chris, is Clint Eastwood's character, the man with no name, wants to pay his bar tab. And he does it in the most complicated way imaginable. He rocks up in this town on the border between Mexico and the US and he's on the Mexican side of the border he rocks up to this town rocks up to the bar starts drinking asks about the history of the town and stuff and the town is made up of two rival factions the Baxters which are the sort of sheriffs quote unquote they've not got real law powers they're just a gang that claim that they're the, the lawful version and then there's another gang led by Ramon, who are the the Mexican gang, and they live on opposite sides of this very small town, <laughs> and they're at war, just passively aggressively taking pot shots at one another. And Clint Eastwood's character goes, "Hmm, maybe I can make a make some money off of this trouble that's going on." And that's how he that's how he pays his bar tab. Is there an easier way that he could pay his bar tab? Yes with money just out of your pocket if you haven't got the money in your pocket in the first place why are you going in there drinking racking up a huge tab that you can't afford to pay the barman he's quite laid back about this he doesn't mind probably because he thinks Clint Eastwood's gonna die because the second he walks into this town he gets shot at three of the Baxter bandits they um start shooting and his horse goes flying off in a in a scurry so why do they start shooting at him just because he looked at him the wrong way. Did he return fire? No, no. I mean, he does eventually. Were, he, the, were these shots going for the kill? Were they just like warning shots? Warning shots. You know right. how people like in westerns go, make them dance and they so shoot at the feet. You made it sound like he walked in there or went in there on his horse and, you know, they all fired at his head at once and he had to like oh, no. dive out of the way sort of thing. I mean, it would be a very short film if they just shot his head off immediately. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he goes into the bar and the barman tells him the backstory about the the two rivals he goes, huh? Goes out of the bar. Goes, hey, Ramon. 
you're going to hire me for lots of money and this is why. He walks back up to the three people that were shooting at him. They're joined by a fourth person and he guns them down. (laughs) Just one after the other in quick succession. They don't even draw their guns. He's that quick. They have a bit of a chat and he's got the old Clint Eastwood gravel. Right. And he just mows them down and the Ramones go, hey, yeah, that's that's a, a gunman that we want on our side. And they hire him. So, yeah. So he's going to work the town for a bit, get paid, then leave. But I'm guessing it doesn't all go to plan like that. No, it doesn't. Because Ramon has got uh, two brothers that also lead the gang with him. One of them is more of a hothead. And Clint Eastwood's character hears him talking smack to his older brother going, Hey, we don't need this loose cannon just shooting up the town. Just let me into his room and I'll shoot him in the back. (laughs) (laughs) Clint hears this. The hot-headed brother is told to go and make friends with him, so he goes up into the room and goes, hey, let's be friends, I'll buy you a drink. And Clint goes, nah, I'm going to stay at the tavern. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) And then the rest of the film is Clint playing these two factions against each other. Just to make money. Yes, yeah. He's not a good person. Well, he does one good thing, one sort of noble heroic thing that you'd you'd claim to do but yeah this is not a likable guy he's just in the west trying to make ends meet in the most chaotic way possible and know his struggles <laughs> yeah whilst he's in the compound that's owned by uh, ramon he meets a lady there called marisol who's a hostage of ramon uh she's got a tragic backstory uh she was taken as a hostage by ramon who accused marisol's husband rubio of cheating at cards he he didn't cheat but uh he can't argue with the gang who kidnap his wife and hold her hostage uh which isn't good because they've also got a child but there's nothing that this bloke can do because he's not super quick gunman like clint eastwood is okay yeah is clint gonna save her well that's the one heroic thing he does (laughs) in this in this film he's loitering about town the Ramones, they kill a bunch of US soldiers. They steal their uniforms and steal some gold from there that they're doing. Uh, you know, the classic Western con. Murder and kill. Yeah, yeah. Eastwood sees this and uh, he sees that they've got a bunch of gold and now he knows that the best way to make money is to play both sides against each other. So he takes some of the bodies that were left by the river places them in the graveyard with the help of the barkeeper and he tells both sides hey there's some people that escaped from that massacre ramon you need to kill them because they're gonna go to the baxters and then the u.s are gonna send some troops and they're gonna shoot your gang and he gives the same information to the baxters going hey there's these people hiding out in the graveyard get them and then you can get rid of ramon's gang so there's two gangs then go and then there's a big bloody fight in a graveyard. Yeah. I mean, it's not particularly bloody. Not a lot of the gang get shot. But this distraction gives Eastwood enough time to go into Ramon's compound and have a look uh, where he's hiding the gold. Eastwood, guys, a very slippery snake in this film, isn't he? He is, yeah. He is, what do you think of that plan? I mean, it clears the compound. I mean, it's good. It is. It's good, but he has, it shows his blatant disregard for life. Shows his severe psychological mishaps or whatever that must have happened to him to cause him to be this cold and unflinching. Yeah, well, we we never find out his name and we give him very, very little backstory as to this character, which is good 
very good that's good is it that gives the mysterious aura around him yes yeah because he's not even given a name i mean throughout the three films that make up this trilogy he's given names but they're not his name so in this one uh the there's a man that makes the coffins that helps him he calls him joe in the next film he's called monco and in the good the bad and the ugly he's called blondie so <laughs> so there are a mix of of names but the, these are these aren't his names these are just what the people call him because they can't call him the man with no name or stranger all the time but uh he sneaks around he finds where the gold is being kept and as he's leaving he is snuck up on not on purpose but he's freaked out when a door opens he punches the person that comes through the door it's marisol <laughs> <laughs> so now he's got problems uh Ramon comes back and he's knocked out uh, his best girl. So he carries Marisol over to the Baxters and gives her to the Baxters as a sort of trade because during the shootout in the graveyard, Ramon's men were able to capture one of the Baxters' sons. So they they do a swap. And uh, it's at the swap. Nothing terrible happens, but Marisol's son gets loosened, goes up to her mum and... It's, it's a tender moment and this is the moment that melts the man with no name's heart and he goes right I'm going to reunite this family and try and do some good try and do some good yeah. really so he's been a, like an asshole, playing people against each other murdering for money probably all his life and this one moment he was like okay I'll, I'll change my habits I'll change my ways bad writing <laughs> no I, I like it because again we don't know what's happened to Clint Eastwood's character I don't want to know because it's more it's more interesting that way i bet i can find out you probably could there's probably a fan theory somewhere but uh no i i like this and uh ramon is and his men are celebrating that they managed to claim a victory and and kill kill these dead bodies that were in the graveyard because they didn't catch on to the fact that during this whole gunfight none of the two dead soldiers moved uh, the Baxters were almost convinced because they were there first and they went, hey, these guys haven't moved at all. It's almost like they're dummies. But then the rivals come in and start shooting and they're like, holy shit, all <laughs> right. shoot back. <laughs> so they were close. But um, Clint Eastwood is invited to the party. He puts on a pretense of being drunk. And then when they drop him off in his room, he gets out of the room and goes to the small house, which is where they keep in Marisol, under guard. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's four people there, but four or five. It doesn't matter. Clint Eastwood kicks the door in of the small house, guns them all down. <laughs> and nobody hears this. They hear the gunshots in the compound, and they deploy troops to go to the small house. Uh, Clint Eastwood makes it look like it was the Baxters the How? freed Marisol. He, like, tears up the place quickly, I might add. He also throws a machete at a guy pretty sweet <laughs> okay and then he and then they all get there and he's like oh you know those baxter boys came in here they roughed these men up luckily i survived oh no he he gets marisol her husband and their kid he gives them the money that he's earned and sends them off quickly and he hides whilst the other gang search the bodies and they go oh it must be the baxters and then eastwood has to quickly get back to the compound before anyone realizes that he's not actually drunk and asleep and that he's been causing all this trouble he okay. does manage to beat the main force back but Ramon is in his bedroom waiting <laughs> dum 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 and they capture him and they beat the shit out of him does he not just like fight Ramon in his bedroom 
No, no, because Ramon's got a big guy with him as well. All right, this is legendary, nameless warrior man who can gun down anybody. Fastest right-hand drawer in the West, and he gets taken out by two punks. One of them's a big punk. I think also Ramon has a gun on him as well, so he's quick, but he's not quicker than a speeding bullet quick. I am, but whatever. I mean, mean you're Superman, so it's not fair. But uh, yeah. Eastwood gets put in a wine cellar and gets the shit beaten out of him. The makeup is pretty good. Best place to be held captive. It is, because you can get drunk yeah. when they leave. <laughs> Which is what they do. They they rough him up. He's got a swollen eye, and the big guy steps on his gun hand. Oh, no. If he was a true gunslinger, he'd be able to fire with both hands, though. True. Ambidext- ambidextrousness? Is there a... Ampre- ambidextrous. Yeah, ambidextri- Being ambidextrous is a there we go. Bonus in that's how that sentence goes. Yeah, I can use words. <laughs> <laughs> Does help, but not not in this case. He's probably just a, a single. He's probably better with one hand than he is the other because he he doesn't have to. He, he's not dual wielding pistols. Not yet. Uh, uh, not yet. Anyway, but um, he figures out a plan to try and get himself out of this conundrum when the big guy and the jailkeeper come into the wine cellar. He gets the biggest barrel that he can find. Uh-huh. and rolls it down this slope and crushes them in between the lock door and the wow, barrel. Wow, really? <laughs> yes. They couldn't put their hands out and just stop it. No, no, I, I, it was full of something like whiskey or wine or something, something flammable, but yeah, it just smashes these two. That's a good escape plan. I thought they would have left him tied up in there. No. They just, they just let him free, you know, free roam, or roam freely, I should say, around this wine cellar. I mean, he could have drunk all the best stuff, couldn't he? He could have, or used bottles as weapons or anything. That is that is dumb. Dumb Ramones. But uh, he he's very beaten up. He doesn't walk on his way out. He has to crawl. So that's something. Also, oh, he's yeah. got lighters, because when they go to investigate the um, big barrel that had crashed, yeah. uh, he pulls out a match and sets the fluids of the the barrel on fire which stops them immediately just going out and chasing him so they could have taken them off of him yeah unless he hid them somewhere else maybe in his boot yeah interesting that is a pretty solid escape plan Uh, pretty solid it was bloody lucky is what it was it was lucky that he was able to move around. It was lucky he managed this barrel hit them and crush them. He moves it was l- very slowly because he crawls for like... Doesn't matter, he was still <laughs> able to. It was lucky he had these matches. Lucky the f- liquid was flammable. could have been filled with water. Could have been. No, it was all the luck was on his side. Almost too much luck, you could say. Oh. Well, he was about to get even luckier because he crawls oh, yeah. out and Ramon and his gang Im- immediately think he's gone to the Baxters. He's double-crossed us and... He's definitely working with the Baxters. So they burn down the Baxters' house. And as all the Baxters are coming out, Ramon and the gang are just shooting them one by one. Uh, Even the Baxters' wife, uh, she's gunned down. I mean, she's a formidable lady, but she's not a fighter. And she gives them the, you pricks! (laughs) And then she's shot. Uh, Eastwood manages to hide in a coffin. And the coffin maker uh, gets him out of the town and hides him in a mine for... A while it's not specified how long that he's been hiding in this mine but it, it, he he's visibly gotten better so his hand is better his eye isn't all puffed up and closed so he's back in almost fighting spirit he's in this mine he's testing out something uh, oh, yeah. he's shooting uh, this metal plate to see if it's bulletproof oh i remember i've seen this from back to the future yes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes 
Martin McFly was saved in Back to the Future 3 by watching this film. Because uh, uh, Clint Eastwood, he fashions this sort of metal plate um, out of, I think, some of the mine equipment. And the coffin maker comes into the mine and goes, hey, they're beating up the innkeeper because they think they know where you are. If you're going to come back into town and save him, you have to do it now because he's going to be strung up and killed. So Eastwood does that. Uh, the <laughs> the coffin maker, he gives Eastwood a stick of dynamite. Yep, good. Which you'd think would be very useful. I guess it isn't at all. It's not because Eastwood uses it purely for dramatic effect. He sets off an explosion which kicks up a load of dust and then he walks out of the dust. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's, that's what he does? Yeah, he doesn't even blow up their compound. He just uses it to create a bunch of smoke to make him appear more dramatic and ghostly. Well, maybe he's uh, he's done this before. This is his style, you know. This is how he's win uh, one, sorry, big drawn-out fights before sort of thing, you know. When the odds are stacked against him, as, you know, Razzle Ghoul says in Batman <laughs> about using... Fear. Yeah, fear and, you know, theatrical stuff. Are you saying Clint Eastwood is Batman? Because I always saw him more as a Wolverine type. No, I'm saying he was, you know, at the start of the League of Shadows. <laughs> they go back for, like, hundreds of years, don't they? True. Obviously, he was a member of it for a bit. I mean, in, like, Asia, not the West. Yeah. Well, it spread to the West. Okay. <laughs> there you go. He's a League of Shadows member. I'll, I'll buy into that. Now, previously, Ramon had been talking to Clint Eastwood about the superiority of a rifle... Uh, in a duel with a man with a pistol. He goes, ah, I always aim for the heart and a man with a rifle always bests a man with a pistol. Uh, so Clint Eastwood remembering this taunts Ramon and goes, you got to aim for my heart, Ramon, otherwise you're never going to kill me. And like the idiot he is, Ramon shoots him like five times in the heart and Eastwood's still taunting him going, aim for the heart or I'm never going to stop. <laughs> Shoot him in the face. That's all you've got to do. Or the leg. Or anywhere that isn't covered by the uh, the metal plate. I which know. Which is most of the body. <laughs> does Martin McFly have this situation? Same problem in... I can't remember Back how he to does the future. it. Does he almost get shot in the face? I don't think he does, no. Was it just an execution? And Marty goes, hey, don't shoot me I really don't remember. <laughs> it's weird. I, I have no memory of this. Oh. I, I remember him watching the film... Oh, Biff's watching it, sorry, in the second film when he's in, like, his hot tub thing. And that was it. I can't remember anything else. It's gone. You've forgotten your favourite trilogy. Yeah, i got nothing. <laughs> it's gone blank. I have no idea. Okay, well, once Ramon is out of bullets, Clint Eastwood draws his pistol and shoots the four guys behind Ramon that were helping beat up the innkeeper. Yeah. Ramon drops the rifle and Eastwood drops his pistol and he goes, let's put your theory of who wins between a man with a pistol and a man with a rifle. Uh, so the both guns are on the floor and they've both got to drop down, reload their weapons and then shoot the other guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, given that it's a trilogy, we know who wins. Yeah, I can, I can say this. <laughs> the problem with a rifle is it's a lot bigger than a pistol. I imagine it takes a bit longer to reload it. Yeah. And to aim it. So Clint just drops down, picks up the revolver, drops a a bullet in, and is already pointing at Ramon. Ramon has to drop down, turn it to the side, load in a cap, cock it, and then he's got to pull an aim, which is obviously... To, it, it took me longer to say it than, right, so that, yeah. than the pistol one. And, uh, yeah, Eastwood just sh- shoots him in the face and uh, he dies. 
Obviously. <laughs> Does the metal plate then drop out at this point? Eastwood, once he's killed uh, Ramon's four men, he shows off the plate. So Ramon now knows, oh, shit, I've probably got to shoot him in the face. <laughs> 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 what do you know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and um, the innkeeper gets one last pot shot at the hot-headed brother who was hiding upstairs. Oh, yeah. Who, when his brothers were being killed, didn't immediately shoot Clint Eastwood. Uh, so he must have been doing something like sleeping or, or okay. reading a magazine or <laughs> reading a magazine <laughs> i don't know but he was very slow on the draw because he had the high ground and could have sniped clint eastwood okay. at any point but he didn't and the innkeeper gets him in the head as well so yeah that's a, a fistful of dollars chris a fist full of dollars yes i mean everyone in the town is dead so the innkeeper's got no one to serve. To serve, yeah. Apart from the bell ringer and the coffin maker, who is well in business here. I just think so. Because everybody's dead. <laughs> but then who's going to be paying him to move the dead if everybody's already dead? I don't know. That's it. Maybe he just takes the money off the bodies. Ah, yeah. The classic. Yeah. Clint Eastwood's character definitely done that after the credits rolled. But nobody's watching him. Nobody could judge him. Nobody. Well, he steals a horse and then just rides out of town. God, so this we, guy's a dick, ain't he? He just comes in and ruins this delicate balance in the yeah. town, leaves everybody broke and or dead. I don't think he's earned any more money because the Ramones have probably spent the gold that they stole at the beginning of the film. So Eastwood's no more better off than he was when he walked in. No. And the the, the innkeeper's got no one to serve. The gangs are all dead. Yeah. Eastwood fucked up this town. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they had a delicate truce. Yeah. Didn't they? And he came along and just messed it all up and buggered off. Yeah, for a fistful of dollars. <laughs> for Which he doesn't even have. No, because he gave it to Marisol and the yeah. gang. So really, he came into this town, cleared out the uh, the, the badons, and you know freed this woman, got her back with her husband and her son, and made this yeah. family happy. Then rides off into the setting sun as a mysterious stranger on his next adventure. That got the barkeeper beat up pretty badly. Yes. He'd Worth it. <laughs> I mean, there are better ways to pay off your bar tab. Yeah, pay with your own money. Just <laughs> have money with you, pay it, and then leave the town. Move on to the next place. I mean, we've laughed at this film, but I, I would recommend watching it. It's dated, but... Oh, I know it's dated. It's, I've seen bits of it. It is it is good fun. I mean, the dialogue between the barkeeper and Clint Eastwood when they're going off to see the Ramon ambush is fun because the barkeeper goes... I want to see how you get yourself into trouble this time. <laughs> he's like well into this. This is the most fun he's had in ages. So yeah, no, I I like this. And um, if we get the chance, Chris, I, I think we should systematically do, do the, the trilogy. Yeah. Okay. And the best survival thing for this entire film. Oh yes. You just got to be quicker on the draw. I mean, that is pretty tricky when you're against Eastwood. That's his like defining skill. Is well, he's quick. Well, have you seen Eastwood now? I guarantee you he's not quick anymore on the draw. Yeah, I know, but in his prime. That was his thing, was it? Being yeah. super quick. So really, you already need to have your gun in your hand. As soon as he walks in, you just constantly aim your gun at him. <laughs> yeah, just but ready you, and waiting. If you lived like that in the Wild West, you'd be pointing your gun at everyone. No, just Eastwood. Yeah, but how would you know he's the man with no name? Because when he comes in, everyone, you walk inside and everyone cheers your name. I don't know about you, it happens to me all the time. And then he'll walk I'm, in I there. don't live in a sitcom, Chris. <laughs> They'll walk in there and everyone will be like, oh, it's, uh, because they don't know. And you'll be like, oh. Blondie? <laughs> it's nameless. Joe? Yeah, okay. And then you keep your gun drawn. Done. Uh, Dirty Harry? 
No, that's not for another few years. <laughs> They're good films. That's not even a Wild West thing, is it? That's a no, no. police yeah. thing. That's the uh, Do You Feel Lucky punk line, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. He should have been fired for that. Why? <laughs> he's threatening. He's threatening to kill an unarmed man. Yeah. I mean, he is a bank robber, but well, still. Well, there you go then. <laughs> still. Yeah. Eastwood. No health and safety can tie him down. <laughs> no. <laughs> I really like this film. Uh, I, I had fun watching it. And I think you would as well. You get a lot out of it, especially with its reference to uh, your uh, alleged favourite trilogy. Oh, is this just sort of Back to the Future thing, just because of yes. that one bit? Also because you were playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption 2 this week. Yes. So <laughs> I thought I'd lure you out of your den playing that with another with Western more cowboy film. things, yes. Yes, yeah. So that's that's how I tricked you into coming here today. I see, right. The cake was a lie. That's another video game reference. Uh, yeah, that, I remember that one that used to go around. It annoyed the hell out of me. <laughs> Good. Let's move no, on. No, no. We'll bring this whole thing full circle with the with the cowboy pun. Chris, how do people get in contact with us? Uh, well, they can email us at wecouldsurvivethat at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at wecouldsurvive. And of course, if you're streaming one of these episodes, there'll be a section where you can leave a comment or a review. Download it, for goodness sake. Go for a walk outside and listen to our dulcet tones. Don't do it. Go Stay it. indoors where it's safe. <laughs> And you stay away from these people. Play Red Dead whilst <laughs> listening to this show. Or watch a 60s cowboy film. A spaghetti western. A spaghetti with... western. If you Watch a Jane... Uh, Jane? Watch a... Actually, yeah, there's a one in there. Jane Got a Gun. Yeah. I've not seen that one. I want to no. watch it. I believe she's got a gun. Really? She's probably willing to use it. Do you know what western film we should do? I can't remember if we've... I don't think we've done it. I think this is the first western we've done. We should do Bone Tomahawk. Okay, Kurt does that Russell. have Clint Eastwood in it's it? It's got Kurt Russell. Oh. Old Kurt Russell in it. The Clint Eastwood of his day. Yes. Is he? It's a great film. <laughs> we'll see. We got a, This is our first foray into a Western. Okay. So I'm, I'm surprised it's taken us this long. To do a Western. Yeah, we haven't done any Westerns. No. Weird. It is weird. Yeah. You're weird. Thank you. <laughs> where are we going with this? <laughs> the end of the show. That's where <laughs> we're going. Oh, the end of the show. <laughs> Well, thank you to everybody who's been listening. You have been listening to We Could Survive That, your weekly survival guide to spaghetti westerns. We're going to see you all next week for a yet undisclosed film. I'm sure we'll think of something. But until then... It's got to be something oh. that I can have a, a pun intro to again. Oh, my days. I built this whole episode around that one pun that you didn't appreciate. I do bone, tom- bone tomahawk. You can make a pun out of that. I've got a bone... There you go. I won't see? finish that. <laughs> you get the gist. Oh, oh. fuck me. <laughs> well, we'll see everybody next week. Until then, keep on surviving and stay out of towns. All towns. Any town at all. Live free in the wild. <laughs> Goodbye.